Hello and welcome to episode 99 of the Vegan Business Tribe podcast with myself, David Pennell, co-founder of Vegan Business Tribe. And if you have a vegan business or you're just thinking about starting one, then Vegan Business Tribe is here to support you and to inspire you, not just to build a vegan business, but to build a successful vegan business. And we've got a little bit of a different episode for you today, because as you know, Mrs. Pennell is currently on maternity leave after the birth of our daughter, Arwen. But before Lisa went on maternity leave, she recorded a couple of interviews with Daniel Morgan Jones, who is a YouTuber, a hugely successful autism and ADHD influencer. He's a vegan entrepreneur and he's the founder of the Aspie World. And she spoke to him about the challenges and strategies of running a business when you have a hidden disability. Now, Dan, he is a great guy. I mean, first of all, he's vegan, so you know he's going to be amazing. But he's built up something of a media empire with hundreds of thousands of followers and he employs a team of staff. But Daniel, he was also diagnosed at 26 years old with autism, ADHD, OCD, and dyslexia. And the reason that I wanted to interview Daniel is because since Lisa went public with her own diagnosis of autism two and a half years ago, we've had quite a few vegan business tribe members reach out to us to talk about their own neurodivergency or hidden disability. Many from members who thought that they might too be on the autistic spectrum and just asking how Lisa first got diagnosed. And there can be a big stigma around things like autism and being neurodiverse. And in fact, in the UK, only 16% of adults with autism are in full-time paid employment. Only 16%. But many people will get into their adult life with their diagnosis being completely missed. And it's especially common for women, like my wife Lisa, to get into their 30s or even 40s or older and just be completely unaware that they are neurodivergent or on the autism spectrum. But one thing that has really surprised us is how many people with autism especially we have within our vegan business tribe. And we've had this conversation with a number of people and we've come to the conclusion that if you are autistic or neurodivergent, then you are more likely to go vegan. And that's because often neurodivergent brains work in extremely logical ways. And once you realise the link between the suffering of the animal and the food on your plate then it's just obviously wrong. And you can't understand why anybody would ever think any different. So we wanted to record a session about running a business with a hidden disability like autism. And it's a fascinating interview. Even if you don't have a hidden disability yourself, there is a lot of information that Daniel and Lisa discuss about just managing your work structure and environment so it works 
better for you. And it's just applicable to all of us. So if you don't like the telephone, then structure your business so you don't have to use the telephone. But Dan, he also can't help dropping some amazing business tips about how he built up his empire too. And you can also find the video version of this interview in our masterclasses section of the Vegan Business Academy. But Lisa also recorded a second and longer interview with Daniel that we'll be releasing next week in our academy about how he actually built his massive online following. I mean, he has hundreds of thousands of followers. He's got 400,000 YouTube subscribers, half a million TikTok likes, and he goes into real technical detail of how he did it. And Vegan Business Tribe members can watch out for that in our academy in the next week or so. So, In a moment, I'll hand over to my wonderful wife, Lisa, who, as I said, recorded this just before she went on maternity leave. But before I do, if you listened to the last episode, you will know that very excitedly, we now have sponsors for this podcast. And that feels weird because it's almost like we're a proper podcast or something. And our sponsors are the vegan publisher, vegan accountants, and our brand new sponsor, Mad Promotions. And I know that you are desperate to know exactly what these three amazing vegan companies do and how they can help you. And if you are a Vegan Business Tribe member, you likely already know these companies and you might even be working with them. So first, Matali Depakatha from The Vegan Publisher. And if you've ever thought that you want to become a thought leader in your industry, then writing a book is one of the best ways to do it. And Matali and her team, she can take you from zero to a fully published author in just a few weeks. Or you can join one of Matali's support groups and use all of her amazing resources to walk you through the whole process of becoming a best-selling business author yourself. And you just need to find out more about Matali and everything she does at theveganpublisher.com. And then our second sponsor is Keith Lesser and his team at Vegan Accountants. And honestly, I use the fact that we actually have vegan accountants nowadays as an illustration of just how far the vegan sector has come. And full disclosure, vegan accountants, they are our accountants that I use here in the UK for all our various different business interests that we've got going on. So you might just be setting up a new limited company or maybe your current accountants aren't really giving you much support. So just go to veganaccountants.co.uk to start a conversation with a firm of accountants that share your mission and ethics. And then finally, and I know it's like having an ad break this, isn't it? But our brand new sponsor who has just come on board this week is Karen Ridges from Mad or Make a Difference Promotions, the vegan PR agency. And Karen, she is one of the most respected and well-connected PR experts 
in the vegan sector. And I know she'll be listening to this as well, so hopefully you're not too embarrassed by me saying that, Karen. But if you want to get in all the vegan news outlets, then she's been working with them for over 16 years. And Karen actually did the PR for our Vegan Business Tribe live event last year, and she got us absolutely everywhere. So if you want to get your vegan business in the news, then just set up a chat with Karen over on mad-promotions.com. Now, I feel like we're going to have to set these to music or something for the next episode. But seriously, we've been really selective in who we've taken on as sponsors. I know these companies, I know these people, and they are all trusted vegan businesses who share your ethics. So go check out the vegan publisher, vegan accountants, and mad promotions, and just let them know that you're a vegan business tribe podcast listener. Okay, so that's quite enough now of me talking. So the next voice you're going to hear will be my wonderful wife, Lisa, as she interviews Daniel Morgan Jones, YouTube author, social campaigner, vegan, and the founder of the Aspie World, about running a business with a hidden disability. So I am joined today by Daniel Jones, the founder of the Aspie World, YouTuber and influencer, autistic advocate, public speaker, best-selling author, and businessman. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me today, Daniel. How are you doing? Yeah, it's my pleasure. I'm good. Thank you so much. Um, God, you make me sound really good in that intro, but... (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I've been working on it. Yeah. <laughs> so in this session, we're going to be talking a bit about neurodiversity and the benefits of running your own business. And I know for me, I was diagnosed with autism like two and a half years ago now, and it really helped me to understand myself a lot better. And so that our lovely audience can know where you're coming from too. What have you been diagnosed with and when? Sure. So I was diagnosed... Uh, when I was 26, I was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome, which is now just ASD. Uh, so Asperger's syndrome, ADHD, OCD, and dyslexia. So a nice whole host. But actually, I had a dyslexia diagnosis when I was uh, about 15. So that that wasn't. I do have an early, you know, it was an earlier one. Yeah. Do you feel like um, kind of getting the ASD ones and, and things when you were 26 helped you to understand yourself a bit better as well? I mean, it, it it definitely like it stopped me being so harsh on myself. You know what I mean? So like, because a lot of the time you kind of because you feel so alienated um in society you kind of think that you there's something wrong with you rather than there's something kind of you know something hanging about you know something different about you so rather than feeling like completely alienated i feel like huh okay there's answers you know so it was kind of a bit of a relief really good yeah i can completely understand that i'm sure a lot of people who are watching this will as well um, you know, thinking about the veganism aspect, just bringing that fruit in for a moment as well, we've got a lot of neurodiversity within our community at Vegan Business Tribe. And I know that there are quite a few groups as well for kind of autistic vegans. So do you think that there's some sort of link that might be there between autism and veganism that maybe neurodivergent people seem more drawn towards veganism and the compassion aspect of it as well? Do you know, I think there's like there's multiple things that come into it. I think one is there's an intellectual um reason for being vegan you know what i mean and i'm not trying to put damn on people who are not vegan but i'm just trying to say that like you know for be i'm a scientist right i'm a chemist so i know where amino acids come from um and you know all 18 uh, sorry all 20 amino acids come from plants so it's like if you want to build proteins you need amino acids right so you don't really need to consume animals so from a from a logical standpoint you know 
a lot of autistic individuals will just see the logic in the fact that like, well, we don't really need meat. Um, and then the other thing is, I think, you know, you have things like um, uh, animal therapy. So autistic people will, will do a lot of animal therapy and then you'll have like um, therapeutic animals, like, you know, dogs and cats or whatever, who are like service animals for people on the autism spectrum. So I think you grow to have a different appreciation for animals um, when you're using them uh, to help with things like you know, neurodiversity. So then you kind of step back a bit and go, mm, maybe I shouldn't be eating animals, you know, because it's weird, isn't it? Like, hey, here's Molly. She's one of our therapy cows and she'll be burgers soon. It's like, it's not, it's not a good thing. You don't want to be telling people that, right? So um, I think there's a link there, but there's also, there's also kind of like forced biological links, right? So with like gut health um, and um, and dairy free and things like that, so a lot of autistic people will be sensitive to dairy, so then they kind of will go away from dairy, and then that kind of opens up a whole world of like, okay, well if I'm not having dairy, then why am I having the cow? You know what I mean? Or why am I eating chicken? It's like weird, isn't it? And so I think it kind of like it allows it it opens your mind a bit more to different things because you're susceptible susceptible to other things. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes complete sense. So I think moving on to the business aspect of it now, did you always know you wanted to run your own business? Is Was that a goal of yours? You know, it was really weird. Um, I didn't, I never set out and thought like, that's it, I'm going to be a business entrepreneur. You know, I've always wanted to do something great with my life. You know, I always want to do something great. I'm not happy. I'm not satisfied with the kind of norm. And so I knew that in order to do something great, you have to work for yourself because the only way you're going to be able to uh, accumulate wealth in terms of time is to work for yourself and so okay i'll start a business so i so i always i always wanted to kind of do something big but i actually i had a, a not like an epiphany but when i was in i was about 20 ooh, i was about 25 and uh i was it was christmas time and i was like do you know what? i'm sick of like oh back to work on monday blah 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 um, I wanted to do something and it was meaningless work, you know? And so I said to, to my girlfriend, I was like, oh, that's it. I'm going to just make my own work and, and do stuff with social media. Um, and it was, and then I did, I started working for toy companies, doing social media work for toy companies. And I set up a couple of companies. I don't know. There was a big craze back. Um, everyone was obsessed with monthly subscription boxes a, a few years back. And I helped set up uh, my geek box and then another company called Pop in a Box. And then we did one in America called My Geeky Goodies. And I worked with all these big companies. And I was actually the editor of the magazine for, for ages. Um, so it was all this kind of, um, I just jumped straight in, you know. And so, yeah, so it was never like, it was never, I never thought like, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. It was never something crossed my mind. It kind of just gradually kind of evolved into that, you know. Since you've been running your own business for, for quite a while, what do you feel like the main positives are of running your own business when you're neurodivergent? Definitely the ability to give yourself as much as much slack as you need. So when you're in when you're in like full term employment by somebody, you'll buy their beck and call. You know, if you say like you have to ask for a break for something that's you know if you've got mental health issues or if you've got neurodivergent issues and you need time uh, to process something. Um, you have to ask for somebody's approval of your own time, which is completely bonkers, right? So then I was like, okay, but now when I work for myself, I'm just like, hey, I want to take an hour here. I need a, I need a, a nap to kind of decompress my uh, emotions or something. You know, I can just, just do it whenever I want. You know, um, it allows, um, it allows for that part of your life to become more in your control. And the other thing is that you're capped on creativity. When you're working for somebody else, you're working under their their vision of what they think is creative. And no matter what you say, unless you're like the 
the CEO, you know, your imagination is worthless. Being on the spectrum, I'm oozing ideas all the time. Like, whoa, 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 you know, I've always got these ideas coming out. So I'm like, so I can just flip an action an idea. I'm like, hey, this sounds like a good idea. I'm going to do it. And just put a tweet out, put a message out and say, hey, guys, I'm going to do this. And if you're interested and say, yeah, okay, cool. And then you you go with it. You know what I mean? So it's cool. You get you get infinite creativity and it allows you to have the outlet because I feel like a lot of autistic people don't have the ability to go, hey, I've got this cool idea. I'm going to try and action it because they haven't got an outlet for that. And I think, again, if you worked for a different company, if you had an idea, you'd then have to have kind of 31 meetings about it. And... Oh, yeah, just, yeah, just, just get approval happens. from somebody. Yeah, and it's like, get approval for your ideas. It's like, yeah, okay, I get it. But like, just why don't we just test ideas? You know what I mean? Like, what's wrong with people? But yeah, it's 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 a, I think that's a bit of a, a, bit of a nightmare for people who are in full-time employment, to be honest with you. Well, I felt like that anyway. I did too. I did too. <laughs> I think, you know, it, like you say, it gives you the power to do things a different way. Um, you know, I know I always struggled with phone calls and things and just getting that diagnosis just made me realize, hang on, I can build the business around me. So we just took my phone number off everything and said, actually, I'm just not going to be available by phone anymore. We just directed everything towards email and nobody's ever said anything about it. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, it's perfect, isn't it? Because you can just you just do what you want. Like, you know, like if it, that's what I mean. If, if you have the power then to control the outcomes of your own, your, all your business or your wealth and how you, and this is another thing, it's a big thing that used to really bother me is how you, how you earn um, money or how you created wealth in terms of monetary uh, assets, you know? Um, and so I was always like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm earning money and I'm paying my bills, but I'm working for a loyalty card company. It's like, what am I doing? I'm just making, there's no there's no value added to the universe. You know, there's nothing helping anyone here, really. So I was really ethically, like, at my wit's end. Like, I could never, never work in, like, um, a meat factory or, you know, something like that. But, ugh, you know, so I can never do anything like that. And so um ethically as well for yourself and morally you have to think like what am i doing to earn my money you know I, I guess sometimes you know you have to work if you you know in certain places if you if to make ends meet but when you have a control when you have the opportunity if life gives you that little tiny window just take it you know to get out so if someone has um someone's you know neurodivergent and they have specific strengths do you have any kind of hacks for maybe trying to build a business around that or you know if someone's there saying okay well my strengths are this this and this how on earth would i build a business around that <laughs> yeah absolutely so everything everything is monetizable i mean it could be like you could collect uh snail shells right from snails who are dead and you'd be like i love the patterns of snail shells now there's, there's infinite possibilities about this you would you could document your journey and how you find snail shells how you categorize them where you store them how you store them if there's a temperature to store them make a youtube channel on it monetize it there's an audience for everything literally everything like you some somebody bottles up air from snowdonia mountain range where where i live and they sell it on ebay right that's a business model they sell air from snowden it's like you know, people sell white pieces of paper on eBay. You can literally buy anything. And so people will buy anything. Um, and so that's just one way to monetize the snail thing. You could be, you could release your own magazine and monetize a subscription service about about snail uh, shells. You could actually create patterns or, or art from those snail shells. And then you could sell that art. You could create NFTs out of those snail shells and sell them individually as, as kind of digital assets. There's a million and one ways to do it. There's, there's never, the only limit is your creative um, idea of how you monetize something you could train you could tell a course on how you find snail shells and collect them and you could teach people you could coach people 27 dollars a piece you sell two thousand dollars you're a millionaire well not a millionaire 50 well say she said 50 quid a pop you'd be 100 grand in the bank if you sold two thousand of those right but if it were 500 if it was 500 pounds per 
asset to your course. So you pay £500, they get a course with you, and you give them like some PDF download books that you made, then you make a million bucks and sell them 2000 So it's like, there's so many ways to, to gain wealth. You just have to dream big, uh, dream for it and go for it. You know, like the only limitation is you really. I love that. I love that. So have you experienced any specific challenges of, of running a business which re- which kind of relate directly to your autism or ADHD? Yeah, motivation, um, having uh, accountability to do something because you can get into the cycle of rut where you're like, I have literally no motivation and everything that I own and my mortgage and my car payments, everything depends on me getting up and doing something to generate revenue. I think that pressure to motivate yourself is sometimes just ridiculous. Like that pressure is is can cause more harm than good sometimes. Um, and that's probably the only thing that, I really come across that difficult. Um, I do like I'm I'm such a uh, like a worrier, so I always worry about things. So like I worry about paying bills and stuff like that. So as soon as I get like my tax bill, I have to pay it straight away. Like or if I get you know if I get an invoice, I have to pay it straight away. I can't wait on thirty days. It's like it freaks me out, you know. And when what I say to people like oh I'll pay for a service right now, they say oh no, I'll wait for the invoice. I'm like what? like that freaks me out. So I think like you know worry. It worry and then the pressure of, of making things go when you when you're not motivated is kind of like uh, the biggest things for me yeah and so how do you make that work for you have you found any workarounds or have you got any tips for overcoming that well the, fir- the first thing is just logic with the with the bills right so if somebody says this like okay fine it's a protocol it's a process i'll just say okay when i can pay it or if i say you know if, like if they say to me oh here's an invoice pay it within 30 days i'll wait for the invoice as soon as i get it i'll pay it and that's okay there's nothing wrong with being punctual with bills um in terms of motivation there there is there's so many things you can do so when i feel like a dip in motivation i look for inspiration because motivation is is powered by inspiration right and so i go okay what can i do what can i do to inspire myself well i'll look at something that i really look up to like i'll uh, find a documentary or a story of like um you know, like, uh, I don't know, recently I had, I had, a, had a proper motivational dip. So I looked at the Cuban revolution uh, with Che Guevara and, and uh, Philo Castro and, and looking at, you know, how, you know, what was the energy around that? And I kind of like start like vibing with the energy of the people who wanted to make change in a, in a socialist environment. And so that kind of thing drove me then to go, okay, I can make a change. I can do some stuff. So it's all about kind of like, you know, light and fire on your ass, really, <laughs> you know, to get you to do something, to get you to move. And how do you do that is you find something that really motivates you. Now, money can motivate people. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, since we live in a capitalist society, it has to, you know. So maybe you could look at the prospect of you know, sometimes saying, like, well, if it did this, I could be, you know, a grand better off by the end of the week. But I didn't do it. So this is what I'll do next week. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like just trying to find something that really kind of motivates you. Something that you feel quite positive about and that motivates you and that you can really kind of tune into and, and use that, which is going to be different for different people, isn't it? Yeah, so it's figuring out what, what, what that is first to be able to make that work for you. Do you ever struggle from kind of overwhelm or autistic burnout? Oh, like flipping weekly, dude. So I get up at six o'clock with my son um, every day um, and because he's an early right, he's only four bless him so he gets up at like like six so we get up at six we play for a little bit but in between playing with him i answer emails on my phone and i prep up my um to-do list for the day so i'm working pretty much from six and then i finish work probably about nine o'clock usually in the evening uh, every day so i'm working f- 
completely all, all day. And I love that. I love my job. I love it. But what happens is the ADHD part of me and the focus of autism makes me want to go like, yeah, yeah, I want to do this. I want to do it all the time. And it's like, blah, blah, you know, but then my body, my, this, my actual mental strain goes, oh, you know, doof. Dan, you can't keep going. It's like you need a break sometimes and all the stuff. And I never take breaks and stuff like that. I don't I take holidays and things. And so I do get burnt out quite often. And so what I've had to do to to try and overcome like like burnout is I try to implement things during the day. Like um, uh, so yesterday I was like, oh, I'll go and see my parents for, I don't know, an hour or something. And then, um, oh, I'll go skateboarding for 20 minutes, half an hour. And, you know, if by, by doing small things like that, like during the during your day, you're able to break up the 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 mental strain of the monotonous kind of like um which i don't like i actually love that but my obviously my my body gets a kick in so um so little things like that like things that spark a little bit of joy and that are completely unrelated to your work will really help um because one of the traps i fall into is that like i love working out but when i'm working out I uh like I go running and I got I got like a gym in the house and stuff but like I I listen to audiobooks because I always want to learn I have to learn otherwise it gets me really depressed um so um I I always have to listen to audiobooks no matter what I'm doing um but then I realize that like I'm still learning I'm still giving myself mental strain of, and the capacity or the bandwidth of the capacity is still getting stretched when I'm working out so working out is good, but it's not good for that you know so I need to do something completely different like just skateboarding you know or, or watching a couple episodes of Star Trek or something, you know what I mean? Like something completely out, out of the, out of the working kind of habit. Yeah. I, I completely get that. I think again, I was only able to give myself permission and that's a big thing of, of actually realizing you need to give yourself and you can give yourself permission. You're your own boss um, to be able to split your day up a little bit. And I sometimes kind of after lunch, I'll take a lunch. I might watch something again so that I can zone out. Um, and then I might go out for a walk as well at some point during the day just to get that fresh air and just switch off from things. And I started listening to things like like you did. And I was like, actually, this is now, <laughs> this is I means I'm concentrating else. on something. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I just need to be in nature and I just need to absorb that and just kind of reset myself. And that really, really helps. So yeah, f- figuring out things that, that can help you and give yourself permission to do them dur- at various points during the day can really help that. Yeah, definitely. I think there's there's also a certain amount of guilt that comes into things as well. Like um, sometimes I feel like, oh, you know, I should like I can't I have a hard time relaxing just in general. So like people say like, oh, you should relax, you know, chill out. Like I don't drink alcohol or anything. I'm straight edge. So like, I've got the tattoos here. So like I, you know, I'm teetotal, you know, 14 years now. So that's kind of cool. I, you know, the typical ways people relax, like go oh, have a beer, have a wine and put some music on, eat some nuts or whatever. Like, you know, like that's not me, you know, Um, but I like to watch documentaries when I relax because again i'm learning things but then because i have this kind of guilt i feel like if i sit down and do nothing in silence and this is the biggest issue i had with trying to meditate right is when i was doing nothing and meditating uh, i've had this guilt come over me saying like you just wasted an hour where you could have been doing something very productive very much so and i get this overwhelming guilt like and so i have to like do things you know um that's why i really prefer like tai chi and um and qigong because like although they are relaxing and they are good they're also you're practicing you're you're creating something you know and you're building up energy to kind of go and do something else so it's kind of like i'm always in this constant battle of like gonna do something reproductive and really to relax was i'm gonna just literally drop dead you know <laughs> so it's kind of like how do i balance it and i think a lot of people on the spectrum will deal with this as well yeah I, I know that I've been my own worst enemy with that as well, me and my to-do list. Oh, <laughs> I like 
I like lists because it keeps me organized. And yeah. I've been told before, you're the most organized person I know. It's like, well, no, it's just I know I'm incredibly unorganized if I don't have lists and I forget things. So I have to make lists. And so my whole life ends up being based around my list, including lists for personal things that are just in my head as well as work lists that are elsewhere. And then I think I'm always like, well, once I get to the end of this list, then I can do this or I can take a day off or I can just relax. And it never gets there. And my my husband, David, he's, he's like, just forget the list and sometimes I need to be told just put the list away for a day forget yeah. you've got a list which is really hard it is hard because your list grows isn't it like no matter how much like you know you'll say I want to do these things on the list but then more things add to the list that go above those things so then it's just like it never ends I think um uh, there was an there was a I was watching a uh, there was an uh, an ADHD specialist talking about um uh, doing uh, doing small tasks on TikTok, like so, so. Basically, you you wake up in the morning and you do like a, a three item list, and those lists are completely. It could be do one thing of your work list, have a shower, and eat. <laughs> you know what I mean? And when you complete just and even if it, and but if you're struggling to get those three things done, just do one. So today I will make sure that I have a shower. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like it's self care, you know. But I always like it, I always find those things really interesting because. As long as you're, as long as you, as long as you take one of those things off, you get a, a you get a hit of dopamine, which gives you like a reward, and you say, okay, well, actually, you know, my day doesn't suck so bad. But we're so harsh on ourselves, I think, because we're such like machines for for doing stuff. Um, we do need that kind of like the list needs to just be put away for a minute, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we need permission for that as well. This is good. That's true. I know the statistics for unemployment amongst autistic people are pretty dire. Um, you know, do you feel like many neurodiverse people undervalue themselves because they're because of their like previous employment experiences, and that, that maybe we're conditioned to think that we can't run our own business? I, you know, I, I think that I think there's a I think there's a barrier of entry that's invisible. People think that there's like this, you know in order to run your own business, not to be an entrepreneur or whatever, or self-employed on the autism spectrum, I think the people on the spectrum feel like, oh, you know, it's too complex because, you know, you got all this kind of, it's kind of, it's scary. It's like it's unknown, isn't it? So it's scary because they think that they'll have to deal with a lot of different people, you know, the accountant and then the bank manager and then, uh, you know, a bookkeeper or whatever. And I think that it's like because of that unknown scare factor they'd rather just somebody else do it and they're going to cubicle and spend their five hours doing that and i think that's a lot of it um but unemployment in in autism in general is 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 abysmal yeah um because i in 2020 i briefed the european parliament on this exact subject um in in france i said to them you know we're looking at like you know huge and i think it's only 18 percent of uh autistic people who are in work right which is crazy like it's that's crazy and it's due to many things like the employers like i said and how the employers treat autistic people and then how they view autism so they kind of they they kind of step back from it and they're like oh, yeah, i'm not gonna blah 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 so i think um autistic people do have a on neurodivergent people do have a um a certain kind of idea of themselves because of the way they've been treated previously and then that will co- correlate to them kind of saying like oh you know if i can't get that job then how am i ever going to work for myself you know so it, i think it's just but it's it's kind of like the the only thing I can say about this is that if you've got an idea and you want to run with it, just do it. You know what I mean? You're gonna die anyway. So like you might as well just kind of give it a, give it a go. If it doesn't work, who cares? You know what I mean? Like so what man? You know, you can always the thing, and this is a thing, and I wanna I wanna say this, this is very, very important. There is infinite amounts of money in the world, yet you have a finite amount of time. 
when you're trading your time for money, you will have a finite, finite amount of money you can earn. So stop trading your time for money and realize that money is abundant uh, and time isn't. So use your time more wisely. You know what I mean? So, and, that, and that's the thing. And because, you know, if something fails, well, who cares? You know, there's so much money, just do something else. Would that be your top bit of advice for, for someone who's neuro, neurodivergent and wants to start their own business? Just get on with it. hundred percent. Yeah, just get on with it. Man. Just, <laughs> just like, get on with it. What are you doing? Just put down the, you know, put down the comic books or whatever and just get straight to the, you know, get straight to it. But it's true. Like procrastination is, is going to kill you. You know what I mean? Like that's it. So just just do it, man. And there's no time like right now to go and do something. You know, we have, and that's another thing. Like, you don't think about business. Like our grandparents would be like, or our great grandparents, if they wanted to open up a store, right, in like, I don't know, the 1950s, they'd have to like, go around with flyers begging people to listen to them they'd have to get flyers printed they'd have to rent a store they'd have to put the stuff in the store they'd have to to find money from someone to produce the products but dude you can like drop ship right build a huge audience on facebook and instagram for free drop ship like a mofo and literally make a ton of money dude you can go on facebook marketplace right now collect stuff in your local area for free furniture whatever you want put it on ebay and sell it you know what I mean? So like, it's never been a, a more abundant time to make money, and there's there's nothing holding somebody back. And this is the other thing: if you feel like you're, if you feel like, oh yeah, but somebody else is going to do it better than me, blah blah blah. Well, who cares? You got to try it. You know what I mean? Maybe you're the one who's going to do it better than somebody else. And you know the the, the there's a four hundred to one chance for you, four hundred trillion to one chance that you're going to be a human. That means that you know the odds of you being alive right now. 400 trillion to one so it's kind of pretty special it's pretty amazing if you're able to do that i'm pretty sure you're able to start a business and make some money you know what i mean you're a human for goodness sake i love that i think we're going to title uh, this session that <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much daniel so if, if someone wants to find out more about you or what you do or to contact you then where should they go you can find me on any single social media network going every single one i have and i you can dm me come in tweet whatever you want and i'll message you back um you can find me at the aspie world so it's t-h-e-a-s-p-i-e-w-o-r-l-d uh or you can just email the aspie world at gmail.com and then i'll message you back now i just wanted to repeat back a line that daniel said in that interview he said there is an infinite amount of money in the world but you only have a finite amount of time so If you continue to trade time for money, then that means you'll only be able to earn a finite amount of money. And that's something that we've spoken about a number of times at Vegan Business Tribe with our members. At some point, you have to start making an income from what's inside your head, your knowledge and your experience, instead of just being paid for the number of hours that you can work. And as I said in the introduction, Lisa also recorded a second half to that interview, which we'll be uploading to our member-only Vegan Business Tribe Academy on how Dan built up and monetized his massive online following to create a really successful and vegan business. And you get access to that and hundreds of hours of extra content and online courses when you sign up as a member over on veganbusinesstribe.com. 
So that's it for me this week. And a quick reminder of our wonderful sponsors. We could not do this without you guys. The vegan publisher who will take you from zero to published business author in no time at all. Vegan accountants who are the UK-based accountancy firm that shares your ethics and mission. And mad promotions who will help get you and your vegan business in the news. Please go check them out and mention you are a Vegan Business Tribe podcast listener if you want that extra special service. So thank you so much for listening. Lisa and I, we really do appreciate you taking out the time to join us each episode. I'm sure it's only going to be a matter of time before our new baby daughter, Arwen, is joining me on an episode, I'm sure. So I'll see you episode 100 next can you believe i'll see you on the next one